So I'm Weston. You're listening to We, we Talk. We're talking football podcast. I'm here with my boy Lou. Lou, happy Thursday. Pleasure to be chatting with you, man. It's always a pleasure, man. How's your Thursday been so far? Oh, just living the dream, bro. Just living the dream. You excited for today? I know I am. Yeah, a couple more days. Uh, we got the Super Bowl right around the corner, and uh, couldn't be more excited. I don't care about the Super Bowl, Lou. I'm here to talk about Senior Senior Bowl. What about you? Yeah, it's draft. It's coming to be draft season soon, so um, I'm always looking forward to draft season because my team that I personally root for, which I will not name right now, uh, frankly, they're usually out of it by week four. So, so uh, draft season starts by uh, October for me. So the draft is what you most look forward to. Oh, no, yes. no postseason football. No, it's like Christmas. To me. I I totally get it. So when we were formulating for what we wanted to cover, um, we didn't share this with each other, of course. But the intention here is to pick a few prospects prior to the Senior Bowl going into week of practice and going into the, the game. And let's talk a little bit about why we chose those individuals, you know, what stands out to them and what you saw from practice, what we saw from from the games. And Lou, my friend, I'll, I'll let you do the honors and let you talk about your first prospect. All right. Well, pretty much uh, a lot of people like to focus on, you know, the sexy positions, the skill positions, your receivers, your cornerbacks, your running backs. I feel like the fat people get no love. You mean the prima donnas, Lou? The prima donnas, the prima donnas. The fat people get no love and fat people need loving too. And being that I'm a fellow fat guy, I'm going to start off with one of the big guys, uh, Quinn Minerts. Uh, he's an interior offensive lineman for Wisconsin Whitewater. What'd you see? <clears throat> well, first of all, he comes out rocking. A half shirt, spurring the keg belly, man. Uh, I thought that was a ballsy move. Let me tell you why. Basically, he's drawing attention to himself. Sure. Here he is, this small-town prospect, right, coming to play with the big boys. Now, it's high risk, high reward. Uh, if he fails, it buries him. He's not getting drafted. But if he succeeds, it propels him in the draft. And people you know, go to their front of their mind when uh, thinking about him during draft day. Lou, um, I, got, I got the – the picture up here, and I'm looking at the what he the way he was rocketing. I'm, fe- I'm feeling like if I don't take care of myself, I'm heading that way. I I would have to lose 20 pounds to get to that <laughs> uh, to that stature there. Um, he's from Canada, uh, okay. and basically, I'm not sure if you, during, if you saw during the Senior Bowl that he trained he trains like Rocky, like old school Rocky and Rocky Four. He was lifting logs, chopping trees, you know, acting like he was going to fight Drago. He, you know, he, he's, he's tough. <laughs> You know, he was fighting with the coaches to play. You know, he uh, fractured his hand in a couple of the practice and one of the practices, uh, but, you know, he wasn't able to play. And what I loved about him is his versatility. Now, when people talk about versatility, that gets thrown, that word gets thrown around a lot. Uh, versatility sure does. doesn't mean you can play multiple positions. That means that you're just a tweener. That, that's, that's the difference between a tweener and a versatility. Versatility is showing the ability to play, you know, to be good. At multiple positions. So uh, watching him during the practices, uh, he lined up a left guard, right guard, uh, center, uh, something he's never done before. He gave off bully vibes. Um, looking at him, what I can really, what really came to my mind is he was aggressive. Okay. So yeah, aggressive and run, run blocking. So he really got at it and run blocking. But I've never seen someone be aggressive in pass blocking. Can you? Tell me more what that means, as a non-lineman myself. Yeah, so basically, yeah, so basically, uh, usually when you're pass block, you know, you you, you have your pass protection, and you kind of sit and wait for the the, okay. the defensive lineman or the, or the edge rusher to come to you. He was going at them. So like, he's jabbing he, first. He, yeah, he was initiating first okay. contact. 
Uh, and I thought that was interesting because, you know, seldom do you ever see that. And he actually had been interviewed and said that's a technique that he's learned from an offensive lineman a guru named Duke Merriweather. But, uh, yeah, so basically that's like the first thing that came to my head. And it really showed up when he uh, went up against some of the uh, better players in the senior bowl. He manhandled competition like uh, Patrick Jones, uh, defensive end for Pitt, who had like I think like seventeen and a half sacks like last year. Yep. Uh, he, he made him look silly. Like he tried. Patrick Jones tried to do like a spin move on him, and he just and pass protect. He just caught him and threw him down. It was it was pretty eye opening. He was uh, Patrick Jones was a popular player coming into this week. Uh, obviously played close attention. So uh, I'm a big fan of your boy Quinn as well. Um, he stood out to me. You said versatility. W- what is so based on what you saw, and since he couldn't, he didn't play in the game because of his hand being injured. What position does he play for you? Uh, probably, I would say right guard. Okay. Uh, he's he's like I said, he, he's more of a power gap scheme. Uh, not that I say he can't reach the second level in the zone gap scheme because there is film out there for him doing it. But just watching him in practice, I feel like that's where he, he really going to be able to utilize his like his uh, techniques. Any notes on on uh, on his footwork at all? I, again, I didn't pay. Terribly close attention. Other I just than- couldn't get. I just couldn't get away from his like upper body and his hand movements and how like, he he's you know he bullied so many different uh, players. Um, and I just was yeah for that that like you know when a name comes to mind is not saying he plays like him, but Ali Marpet. Here Ali Marpet you know went to the Senior Bowl. He was a guard from Hobart. No one really knew about him till the, until then. But um, and now he's with the now he's playing this Sunday with the Bucks. But that is like where he's that is like where he's coming from when it um, because of that. So other small school, listen, offensive linemen, you don't have to come from a big school. Nope. I love my linemen as dogs. I want guys that had to fight their way. And listen, that is uh, that's definitely, you know, I think he personally, you know, displayed that during practice, and he really solidified it. to me top one hundred prospect in the draft. If you want my honest opinion? You can never have too wow. many offensive linemen, and you think that's crazy. Uh, look at the years before the offensive linemen that played at the Senior Bowl: Titus Howard, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Kappa, Ben Barch. These were guys that you know that before the Senior Bowl were not draftable, and then they were going, you know, second, third, fourth round. I, so I want to pause on what you just said. A D three player from the University of Wisconsin Whitewater is a top one hundred player coming out of school right now. This is why we talk this way, Lou, because nobody else gets to bring this these opinions, right? This is based on what you saw. I love it. You are starting us on the right foot. If you have more about him, tell me more about him. <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. I'm excited. Like, listen, uh, I'm excited for what he's going to bring. I just think he has a great motor, too. Uh, and like, there's other guys he bullied. It wasn't just Patrick Jones. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the defensive tackle out of Washington. Uh, his <laughs> name was Leve, and then... Leveo, we'll just call him. He 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 threw him on the turf numerous times too, uh, in practice. But there's a bunch of guys. You know, he just looked fantastic, and it wasn't just the run blocking because you have those maulers. Yep. But then they're you know they have a, they're extremely deficient when it comes to pass blocking. But uh, he showed it in both. He showed yep. the ability to you know you know go up against better talent when it comes to pass blocking too. I love it. It's everything that I saw on tape as well. Um, and I appreciate you taking us that us through that. Um, I'm definitely keeping my eye out on this individual as a, a number of others. And I know you're starting us off hot and fresh and I love it. Um, but we got a few more to go through, I'm sure. And if uh, 
you know, I'll if you want to pass the baton to me, sir, I'd love to get all fired up on my my first prospect here for you. All right, who's batting uh, leadoff for you? Batting leadoff. Um, again, keeping in mind, right, what did we talk about that? We were going into this, people that we wanted to see for certain reasons that weren't necessarily the – the the ball of the, the the bell of the the ball right the bell of the ball heading into the conversation so my first guy i'm going to i'm going to clue into it by asking you a question first Lou tell me what's sexier than a linebacker with cover skills and i can tell you a lot to be honest with you but i don't think it's really appropriate and you for can't the show. say me <laughs> the answer is absolutely nothing i i love it i flourish it so that caused me that and some other factors i'll talk about here in just a minute jabril cox big big jabril cox fan after what i saw i was big on tape early um he was one of the guys that i wanted to see coming in interesting things about him right like north dakota state transfer but two-time you know fcs all-american but I love LSU linebackers. I feel like they are hybrid individuals. They could play safety. They could play linebacker. They could play stand-up ends. I think they covet this skill set. Here's a guy who's six foot three, two thirty and change, thirty-three inch arms. Um, I saw a lot of positives to him. More of the positives than I saw than uh, were, were directly related to coverage. I saw him cover tight ends in practice, in mm -hmm. games. I saw him quickly get out to the flat to those running backs, um, even just kind of being the spy position. Due to limitations in the games, I didn't see him have the opportunity to blitz, what he might have looked like coming off the edge or even squeaking through the middle. Can, I don't think you can Can't. blitz. That's what yeah. I'm saying in the limitations of the game. Yeah. So um, I could note several plays. One thing that I'll say that stood out to me is he was always in the picture frame. He was always at the ball, whether it was a run play, whether it was a pass play, um, pursuit to tackle. He can cover the field. I think he takes really good angles. But I also think he can be roughed around a little bit. I saw that, so you know, like shedding blocks. Like he's longer. He's a little bit lankier. If you can get up on in him, I think you can control him. Um, but again, far more positives than negatives. To me, he is 100% uh, a very early day two prospect. Okay. And he is a four down linebacker in your defense. Okay. Um, and to me, that gives him that, that value that he's not coming up. Like I said, he's covering. So he's on the field on third down. If you can get creative with getting him to the ball carrier, if you're a team that has, you know, two studly big, defensive tackles that can keep blocks from him he's gonna fly to the football um is he Devin White no he's not he's absolutely not Devin White um but I think he's got a lot of skill I like him and I like that he played at that smaller school and fought up to LSU to, and going right to the cream of the crop competition wise I think that's gonna I think that's gonna serve him well and the team's gonna have him he is my sweetheart of this draft okay let me ask you a question sure do you see him more traditionally as a, a middle linebacker or a will linebacker? Because I feel like me personally, he reminded me like a little about uh, Jerome Baker coming out of Ohio State. Yep. Uh, I feel like he's more suitable for the will than the Mike because one of the knocks, like you said, is his ability to play the run. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, he can get lost in the shuffle. So what's your thoughts on that? Um, I do think I see him more of as a will. I think that just frees him up to be less responsible for the defense and more responsible to go find the ball carrier mm -hmm. um, and go and follow this tight end. I mean, 
I think so highly of his potential cover skills that I think he can bump out onto the slot, you know, and at least get his arms on him okay. at 6'3", right? That long, like he can initiate first contact and throw somebody off their route. Um, but I tell you what, if it's my team and he's on my defense, I'm letting him tell me where he thinks he's best fit and okay. I'm going to give him a, a shake there. And then, but if it, if it, if it was my defense, I, I would line him up at will first. Yeah, a lot of the um, the, football, the game's changing. Uh, a lot of these hybrid players, you know, no longer need those thumpers in the middle anymore yep. because they can't go side to side, and everyone spreads you out anyway. So he's more aligned to what the game is going. You know, right now you need like these big, almost like big safeties. Yeah, it's, it's, he's the mobile quarterback of the defense now, yep. right? Um, and most successful teams running the football are running wide schemes. Right, they're trying to stretch the field, and it becomes really hard to do that when you have linebackers that can get out. He's the new fad, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm all for it. Like okay. I just, uh, I, I think really highly of him, and I'm excited to watch him play. All right. So, because I'll go all day about Jabril, um, and I have <laughs> some. Wife, other, I, your wife's gonna be jealous. I know. <laughs> You're I know. So much. Uh, I, let's let's edit this part out so she doesn't hear my <laughs> man crush on Jabril Cox, but. Uh, Seriously, let, let's talk about prospect number two from you. Is it a is it another Mauler? Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm I promise you, this is the last uh, big guy on the list okay. um, on the offensive side. Anyway, I have Dylan Radons, offensive tackle from North Dakota State. So, um, so we got two back to back North North Dakota State players yeah, here right now. It's see, listen, I mean, North Dakota State is like the Alabama. I know one double A FCS football. So uh, he only played one game this year. It was against uh, Central Arkansas. Uh, he looked really phenomenal, though, during practice. And this was uh, big for him because, once again, you get these stereotypes from these smaller school uh, teams that, like, they can't handle, like, the, you know, the the more, quote-unquote, elite talent from, like, the bigger Power 5 sure. schools and what have you. But he actually was named the overall practice player of the week. Um, so that just showed you pretty much how much he stood out. Um, listen, <clears throat> Looking at it, both practice and especially in the game, I thought he was fantastic and uh, uh, and solid in uh, pass protection sets. Uh, you know those quick edge rushers, and there was some there was some impressive edge rushers. Uh, I'll get to later, but uh, he, you know he was not over you know overwhelmed by them whatsoever. Uh, okay. He's he's athletic. I think you know he did uh, where he really would excel it excel watching him you know block in in, in a run block in the game it'd be in a zone running concept which is becoming more and more popular because um, a lot of teams are implementing more let's say smaller athletic linemen as opposed to your 365 pound you know maulers and what have you so he's athletic so that's good listen i had a question coming into this game uh how you know his strength, like, you know, how will he hold up against the point of attack? And I think a couple of times he did get bullied. Okay. Uh, you can see that, like, you know, he, he was overwhelmed. But what, what happened was, which was really is impressive, he did, he did a great job of regrouping and resetting himself and, like, resetting his hands, locking back in inside. So I thought that was pretty, uh, you know, you knew it was going to happen because that's his play strength is a, definitely a question, but he was able to do just enough so his quarterbacks can have the time to throw. Uh, a couple other things. Um, he looked a little silly on some stunts and twists, I thought. But here's the thing: in the game, you're not supposed to, you know. And he wasn't prepared ball, for because you're not practicing. You're not practicing it because they're not. They're doing not, you're it. not supposed yeah. to. Uh, defensive linemen are not supposed to be doing stunts or twists in in the game. So maybe that's playing could, to win. Yeah. <laughs> you listen, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's it. So um, that's why. But like I said, maybe that's just more of like a expectation. Okay. Uh, you know, just that people were you know not adhering to the rules. 
Uh, he was actually the second highest graded offensive player at the Senior Bowl uh, by Pro Football Focus. His grade, he had a, sol- a you know pretty impressive grade of 83.4. And you hear this all the time, right? Every, you know, especially coming closer to you know the, you know the draft. Oh, this person's a first rounder. There's there's going to be 75 first round picks apparently according okay. to you know experts. But I firmly- my team only has one. Last <laughs> I checked, can I get another one? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, listen, uh, you hear this all the time. Well, this player, you know, talked you know talked his way or played his way into first round. I really think he solidified himself in the first round because once again, offensive linemen you can never have too many, and that's such a deficient uh, uh, position in the NFL nowadays. That every I can only think of two or three, maybe top at most five teams that have good offensive line. So I think because of the, such a big need that he will be, in, you know, offensive tackle will be high in demand. And I think he'll be in the back end of the first round, maybe like the Colts or something like that, because okay. they just they just lost their left tackle. So or, he's a left tackle for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. He's smooth. I'm telling you, uh, I was very imp- very impressed. Um, just gotta get his weight up, you know. Just gotta you know hit the hit the weight room a little more. Okay, okay. I like that too. So all right. So then, since you told us that this is going to be your last. Offensive lineman, if yeah. I have that correctly. That's right. So not knowing who the other three are, tell me who – do you have a name of one other lineman that you wish you picked prior to that you would have enjoyed really giving a deeper look into? Uh, good or good or bad. Okay, so huh. – I wanted you to saw look the same game I did, Lou. Go ahead and say you it. You want me to say it? I want you to say uh, it. I, okay. Deontay Brown looked awful. Uh, okay. I don't know. You know, I get it. He, you know, he's a cool opposing figure. That guy, he looked lazy. He looked lethargic. He looked like he, disinterested. Uh, everyone that, you know, have, has him in the second round uh, after watch. I feel like he just went to the senior bowl just pretty much to say, hey, you know, I'm here. I showed yeah. up. I'm trying. But uh, it, I was just shocked that I felt like. Even like where he excels at in the running game, he wasn't getting enough pop behind his pads, and he wasn't blowing people off the line of scrimmage. I thought it was you know quite quite telling. That's and a lot of times he's just standing around. I just was not a fan of him. Uh, it just he was in the whole game pretty much, and there wasn't there might be one play of his that I felt like okay there he is, but yeah he for me. Yeah, he, I felt I felt like he lost himself some money. That's why I asked. I knew you'd have you'd have some negativity for me a little bit, and I'm I'm here for it. Um, Got to hold these these guys accountable. I saw the same game you did. I saw the same practices you did, and I saw the same result for that gentleman that you did. Um, lazy, easily beat. I thought he agree. I thought he did himself a huge disservice by not by even being there this week because his tape from national championship and some other things was far more impressive than this. Um, I think it hurt his, his stock as well, but I also think that he is a massive, massive, massive human being that somebody's going to say, I can do a lot of things with it. So time will tell, but I know there was a lot of buzz this week about him and some others who probably are being quoted as playing better than probably you and I thought that they actually played. Mm-hmm. So, and I know, I know his name came out as one of them. So I know I, I threw you for a loop on that one, but I appreciate you playing along with me. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to dive into my number two. Um, I'm going to lead in by saying what interests me about this individual was who his father is. Um, So I'm not going to tell you my NFL team tonight, but I'll tell you that I'm a big-time Tennessee Vols fan. 
Um, so I had to go with Amari Rogers, okay. just being his father, being T. Martin, and he brought me the last college national championship that mm -hmm. I've ever seen him and Jamal Lewis. So, um, but other things, I'm a big Clemson wide receiver guy, and I don't know if this guy got enough love coming out with all the other big names that he's just had to compete against, like over the last few years. Um, you know, I think I think I think I saw a ranking the other day, Lou. Somebody had him at like. 213 overall prospect. And I feel like that that's is... That's going to change. I just feel like it's so far from accurate. It's unbelievable. Again, I have a few questions seated in here that I'm going to pop on to you. But what would you identify as the most single common trait amongst the NFL's best slot receivers? Footwork, shiftiness, uh, pretty much. Route running, release. So... Thank you. Release. That's what I'm going for. I think this dude has, I don't even know how to not say this, but release for days. He's so good at creating instant separation. Um, think of the, think of being the, the life of a slot wide receiver. More often than not, nickelbacks, linebackers, they're just trying to get your hands on you because they know you have the entire field to work. And he's just going to be able, you know, if you're even remotely quick, you're naturally creating that separation. He's just, to me, looked so professional creating that instant space to be able to take the route wherever he wants. Now, I was really nervous at the start of the week because he did not have a strong practice on day one. A lot of drops, nerves, let's call it nerves, because one thing that I did see um, throughout the remainder of the week, specifically in the game, was this guy's hands. He catches the ball. I'm not saying he catches the ball. He catches the ball with his hands. The mm -hmm. ball does not hit his body. And that's something that like you can hit the jugs machine. You can practice. You can do all of that. But that's 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 a mental thing. Like that's that's almost like God given combined with a mental skill. And I was impressed. I don't know if you recall, but on his touchdown catch, he took a pretty decent smack in the back of the end yep. zone. The ball still never hit his body. Yeah. He got smacked right in his chest and the the arms never collapsed and he still had held on to that. Um, I, I think he's going to be a tremendous slot receiver in the NFL. Well, interesting that you say, listen, he didn't have a good uh, first day of practice, but it also tells you a lot more about his character because one of two things are going to happen. He could have continued down that slump, but he actually fought through it and made some great catches. Yep. Listen, people who follow Clemson realize they lost one of their biggest uh, playmaking wide receivers, Ross. You know, he was he was going to be a first or second round pick, this yep. kid, until he got hurt. I think it was his neck or something like that. Yeah, which is scary. Yeah. So um, I felt like Rodgers just came out of nowhere and really stepped up and was the go-to guy, him and obviously the the running back. Yep. Uh, MTN. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like he really stepped up, you know, stepped up his game and uh, was the playmaker for Trevor Lawrence. Whenever Trevor Lawrence needed to make a play, he, you know, he found – you know, Rogers. So, uh, I, I, like I said, his rankings will obviously be going up. And I also felt like he played bigger than, yeah, I felt like he yep. played bigger than his, his uh, stature. 100%. So, in the same breath that I'm saying this guy is tailor-made for the slot in the NFL, I'm saying you can even line him up outside. Like, he's not a little guy. I mean, yeah. he's... He's thick. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's he's mini Debo. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're built the same way. And, and I, I love that about him. But I think... The way I saw him go up for the ball, the way I see him use his hands, um, I think he – I'm not going to sit here. I, I say he's better suited for the slot all day long, and we're running through some highlights right now up on the screen, Lou, and I'm loving what I'm seeing from this guy. Um, I just think he's going to be a tremendous player. I think whoever probably does snag him third, fourth round is going to be super excited, but I also think it's a crime if this guy doesn't go in the second round of the draft.
Yeah, well, I'll tell you right now, uh, I don't know how many more receivers you have, if you have any more, but uh, what I noticed in this I year, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this senior bowl is going to be loaded with those slot receivers, yeah. I feel like. I think there's a... Uh, there's a few. Yeah, I think there's, uh, that's where you really get your bread and butter, and it's going to be a lot of value, like in the, in the, the third to fifth round. 100%. Yeah. But that's going to make or break your offense, right? Yeah. Like, look what a, a Cole Beasley does for the Buffalo Bills offense, yeah. you know? Um I would argue more often than not in offenses today, the slot receivers, your third down receiver versus like your traditional quote unquote days of the possession number one wide receiver. Um, but you're right. There are a handful of those guys that are going to be good in the league. This is just happens to be the one that I, mm-hmm. I chose early on and he got the nod versus some of the others because his father's T Martin. I understand. Listen, uh, the slot receiver, I'll tell you right now, uh, I think it replaced pretty much the possession tight end. Uh, teams that utilize the slot receiver heavily, like the Bills, you know, they really don't have a tight end. Tight ends are hard to find. There's only probably about a good like seven or eight tops. So what are you going to do, you know, for you know down you know down the middle of the field that we need a you know possession catch for a third down? You're going to utilize the slot receiver in your offense. Yep. No. All right. Because I do got more receivers, and there's something I got to cover related to the receiver. But before we go, that give me your first guy that is a non-offensive lineman that you were interested in seeing, and tell me why. Why going in? Did you choose this individual? Okay, so Quincy Roche, defense, uh, defensive lineman, but really, let's call it what it is—an edge. I okay. feel, I feel like uh, edge is more versatile of a, you know, of position. You know, just looking at it as a defensive end. Um, but he was a transfer from Temple. All right, he was actually part of the uh, the elite Hurricane duo of you know of Quincy Roche himself and Jalen uh, Phillips. Uh, they were pretty good this year when it comes to pressuring the quarterbacks. Uh, Question for you know when I want to I looked at I want to take a look at Quincy Roche because uh, yes he has you know elite uh, you know pass rushing skills but everyone was nervous how he's going to hold up against the run so first and foremost uh, I thought he had you know watching practice and watch him get you know in the game he had a great uh, get off the line you know you mm-hmm. know speed uh, my, like I said my question can he hold up against the run so I was literally focusing on him when it comes to running plays so. <clears throat> I thought he showed a, actually a pretty good ability to stack and shed bigger offensive linemen, you know. You know, during the game, uh, he was always around the play. He met he had numerous pressures throughout the game. I think he had like something like four pressures, and he just like, he always was around the ball. Now he missed a couple of sacks, so it depends if you're a glass half full or glass half empty type of guy. Hey, he generated pressures, great, but he didn't finish the play. So it depends how you look at it. But was he getting there? He was getting there. Do you think if the I shouldn't even ask this question. Because then I'm almost treating the senior bowl like it's the pro bowl. And like, obviously these guys don't want to hurt each other, but they, they want to get that, that stat. So he was, he was missing the sack. He wasn't finishing the play. Yeah. He just was, oh, he just was either a half a second late or like the, uh, you know, uh, or the quarterback would just step out like out of his arms or what have you. Um, and one play he was like falling down and like he just, the quarterback ran through his arms. But uh, yeah, he just was always. But at least he was able to diagnose the play. wasn't getting bullied uh, because that was a question. Uh, because he didn't have on the other side of him, you know, Jalen Phillips, you know, to help uh, take away the attention from him. So he was the primary, you know, okay. uh, focus. Now I see him uh, more as an outside linebacker in the three-four defense. I don't see him as a defensive end. Uh, I think he's only like two forty or what have you, two forty-seven. I would rather see him, you know, lined up. You know, as an outside linebacker, um, you know, he is a speed guy. 
Uh, one thing I think he'll need to learn is more, you know, with his hands. Like he did a great job getting off the line, be able to get his pads underneath a taller offensive lineman's, uh, you know, pad uh, pad height, so he's able to duck under and rip. But uh, it sometimes I've noticed like if an offensive lineman gets, you know, his hands on him, he doesn't have a counter. And like, listen. When you're coming out of college, you know, that's something you know, only the elite pass rushers, like you know, no. you know there's only a handful. Yeah, that that there are that like, you know, pretty much into it when it comes to that. But that's something he really needs. He can't just win with speed because guess what? There's often the offensive linemen in the NFL are faster than the ones he played with in, no in college. So uh he's gonna have to learn, you know, that's why he's probably not, you know, obviously a first round pick. Uh I before going into the draft, I probably would think he's like mid the late third round. Okay. I, think, I think he did a little better, maybe end of second round, early third round. Okay. So uh, I think, you know, he did, definitely helped his uh, – it's going to be annoying because I know exactly what team he'll probably go to. He's your typical – He goes to he'll go to the Ravens because they always get those savvy, like, players that for some reason that fall and, like, you know, you're yep. like your Orlando Browns or – or just players like, well, how did he fall there? And like, so he just to an just, already solid defense that yeah, keeps just, just getting just, better. Just put a Ravens helmet on him, okay. and uh, he'll probably get like seven and a half sacks, you know, for the first three years. But he's a stand-up guy to you. He's not a hand in the dirt guy. Definitely not a hand in the okay. dirt. Even though uh, he, he was uh, lined up, you know, as like, almost like a wide nine okay. uh, defensive end. But I don't think that's where I think that he will get he will get moved to the outside. See, this is why I love this conversation because the people that you're looking at now, I get to go back and watch and make sure that I'm seeing the same thing you are. Because again, the, the point of our exercise was to hone in on a few individuals um, and trust that my partner here would do his work and hone in on a few individuals. But now you give me some enticing content and a reason to go back and probably watch practice more than I watch the game, to be honest with you, okay. because I just... We're talking about practice? Let's talk about practice. Um <laughs> Be because of the position, right? You and I have talked about this leading into the senior bowl that like to me, practice uh always favors the wide receiver, you know, in, in these scenarios, like one on one, seven on seven, skelly, you know, like not a lot of contact and physicality. Um and they have the whole field to work with. They don't have anybody cutting into their patterns and other defensive bodies that they gotta avoid, all of that stuff. Defense linemen. They got to work and practice. Defensive backs got to work and practice. So for someone like this, who I'm definitely interested in because there's a lot of teams I think that could benefit from him, I'll, I'll go back and watch practice. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's why I, you know, I think it's harder to scout, um, you know, receivers and corners uh, outside of practice. I mean, like when you're watching the game yeah. because of the limited view, you know, you know, what you have, unless you have like, you know, the all 22 film and what have you. That's why I focus on Let's people. bring that to college, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I, I personally feel like, that's why I looked at a lot of people close to, you know, you know the, the line of scrimmage. It's also a passion I have. I feel like, you know, they're the ones, the closest, that's how you have to build a successful team, close to the line of scrimmage and then build out. So I thought it was easier to kind of like, uh, you know, focus on those type of players. No, uh, I love it. Um I also think it was harder to evaluate receivers and even defensive backs in some capacity in this because, side note, I thought the quarterback play was awful. Less than it's stellar awful. to be. Um, too much running around, not enough just letting it rip. And I do think this. Listen, we were. We were it was sp- fun to watch at the line, man. Yeah. We were spoiled, though, in the years past. Sure. Look what we had. We've had Herbert. Yeah. We've had Mayfield. We've, we've had. Um, one in Buffalo, 
Uh, I'm, I'm drawing. I'm having a brain. Josh party. Allen. Josh Allen. He, the, all these were top quarterbacks yep. in first round going to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So, and we went from that to what we saw here this past week. Well, I also think the teams were relying on uh, Mac Jones to play, or Kyle yeah. Trask to play, right? And then you. Get Kellen Mond instead. <laughs> he showed a little something. He was I'm the not. best of all of them, I thought. He, but that's not saying much, in yeah. my opinion. Now, listen, who am I? I don't play quarterback. I don't throw the football the way they do. But I'm just saying what my eyes told me, which made it harder to evaluate some of the skill positions. Yep. Made it easy to look at some running backs and see how they catch the ball. So yep. I had some some dreams about that. But with that being said, I'm going to talk about my second wide receiver and how hard it okay. was to judge in a prime example. I was big on – I was keen to watch Nico Collins. Um, I haven't seen like a big, brawly type wide receiver from Michigan since like Braylon Edwards. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I like that that body type. I mean, what's not to like about a guy who's freaking six foot four, 220, 230 pounds? He's not a four seven Alshon Jeffrey guy. You know what I mean? Um, so that being – and what even intrigued me even more was not playing, opting out for the year. So I thought the senior bowl was a good opportunity for him to get back on people's minds without it just being about his measurables. Um, I think practice went okay for him, to be honest with you. Uh, made a couple nice contested catches. I think that's what he gives you. I think he's a 50-50 ball winner like all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, his route running, for me, leaves a lot to be desired. I think somebody's going to have to really, really work with him. And he's not a he's not a 4-4 guy that gets all the way down the field and stretches it out, right? So he's going to have to win with his body. He's going to have to win 50-50 balls. You know what's a crazy comparison? And you'll appreciate this comparison. I think they're... I think their their athletic ability and athleticism is slightly different. But for what this individual has amounted to so far in the NFL, I think it's a fair comparison to to what the expectation would be for like a Nico Collins. And I'm thinking Mike Williams from the Chargers. Okay, He wins a lot of 50-50 balls in the NFL. He's somebody that you can go back, throw it up, trust that they can get above somebody, they can body somebody. For me, he does that, you know, but – is Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, where he can catch a slant and house it? Like, they're just different skill sets, right? So, on paper, that's what I want this guy to be. I don't know if he's that guy. There's an issue with those type of players, though, is consistency. No doubt, no uh, doubt about it, man. He's either putting up nothing and, like, totally disappearing for games on end, or he's having, like, a huge game. And that's a consistency issue because of his inability to, like, you know, separate the top of his routes and things like that. Totally get it, right? And you got to have the quarterback who's willing to put the ball and take the risk there in the first place. Um, so that's what intrigued me about this guy. And then practice, like I said, I'll give him a, a, a overall positive rating from practice. He showed more good things than he showed bad things, but I think his efficiencies were highlighted just as much as his deficiencies. The issue that I had was during the game. Now, again, this could be solely because of quarterback play or lack thereof. I don't think he had a target in the game. Okay. I need someone like him who hasn't played all season to take full advantage of this game with no combine, with limited pro days and travel restrictions. Like he had to take advantage of this day and he didn't. And everything I've heard about this guy, Lou, is he's a stand up individual. He's a hardworking kid. Um, 
but the game showed me something different. I saw him walking off the ball. I saw him false stepping a lot, right? Like almost inviting the the D-backs to get their hands on him and being late off of the ball. And maybe it's just the Johnny Hustle in me, but like if I'm not if I'm not living on that island on Diva Island as a wide receiver, I want to be doing all the small things right mm-hmm. in this type of game and I just feel like he didn't do the small things right. Now being that being said, what the hell do I know? This guy is probably still going to go in the second round because somebody's going to look at it and say a 6'4", 220 wide receiver. I'm just saying, for me, he slides. It's interesting that you said that because I was going to ask you, um, is he even draftable? And yes. why, why I ask that? Yes. Why, why I ask that? Because last, uh, you know, Donovan uh, Peoples-Jones, better prospect, uh, better speed. You know, he got drafted in the sixth round last year. Yeah. What's he got drafted? So I think Nico. So but he was better than Nico Collins. He's more athletic. He's a different skill set. Like okay. People Jones is not six four. He had two, he had good speed. Great speed. He was a punt returner. Nico Collins is not returning punts, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're different assets. There's not an offensive play caller in the NFL that's not gonna that's gonna say no. To giving me a shot at somebody who's 6'4", 220. Do you remember when there was like a fad in the NFL where I only drafted like 6'4 and 6'5 wide receivers? That's gone away with this notion of people play bigger, they jump higher, they have longer. Look at Brandon Ayuk, right? Like he's he's just got Tyree, this, Tyree Kill. Yeah. Th- this arm length too to him where he can play like he's 6'4 even though he's 6'1. You know, it's, it's, it's a difference. Um, yes, he's draftable and... I would not be shocked if he's late day two. Wow. Okay. I, I, I'm going to disagree. He I, slides for me there. He, think, he's not my he's late fit, day. I he think, is. I think he's because he didn't play this year. There's a lot of yeah. risk. A lot of teams will shy away from that. He's I got think. one one year less bang on his body. Someone's going to roll the dice. Someone's okay. going to roll the dice. Give me a round four, round five. Okay. I, listen, me too. I'm just saying you're not going to be shocked when you see him called in the 70 to 90 range. Hey, you know. Mel Kuyper say he's a first rounder. Well, <laughs> I don't agree with it. Much of that, man. Well, All right, you. Yes. So I'm actually gonna, you know, I'm gonna step in here because this is a perfect segue. You couldn't have set me up even better than this. Oh no. You, All right. First, you let evaluated me evaluated uh, the quarterback. Didn't no, you? no, not a quarterback. <laughs> the counterpart, the cornerback. All right. Okay. So I'm going to butcher this. So this is a, dis- uh, you know, a disclosure right here. I will be butchering this person's name, but Afetu Melifanu. That was actually pretty damn good. I think good. that was damn pretty damn good. Yeah. A cornerback out of Syracuse. Now, if that last name sounds familiar, it's because he is the brother of Raiders' second round pick, Obe Melifanu. Now UConn, I'm just trying to- he played at UConn though, right? He didn't play at Syracuse, the brother. No, no, the brother didn't play at Syracuse. I think yeah. he played at UConn. So um now I'm just trying to show off with the, my pronunciation skills. We appreciate it. Uh like his brother, fantastic measurables. Um Afeti, no, Afetu was is uh, 6'3", 214 pounds, 80-inch wingspan, 80 inches for a cornerback. So <sighs> you, my knee-jerk reaction, this guy's not a cornerback. They'll move him to safety just like, you know, because he's, you know, too big and won't be able to really stay with the shiftier receivers. So that I also had another concern. Is he just going to be like his brother who was like a workout warrior? You know, before that draft process, Obi – you know, you didn't hear too much about him, but then he blew up in the combine because he like destroyed everything at the combine. So my concern was like, he's just going to be like his brother. Another concern because of his his size, is he going to be stiff in coverage? Is he just going to be a cover three type of guy, like a you know a Pete Carroll type of you know type of uh, you know uh, boundary cornerback? 
how would he fare against the shiftier wide receivers? These are all things going on. So I'm like, I didn't have any, I really didn't have like high aspirations for, you know, for him. Um, you know, all that being said, what I saw from him during practice uh, on the one-on-ones and also in the game, he was physical. He showed a great jam, but like, listen, that's to be expected because of his size, right? Yeah. Uh, so he cho- showed a great jam at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he also showed real smoothness and I actually saw pretty well that he was able to, you know, change direction, flip his hips to stay with the smaller guys. That was, I, that was very impressive. And then he was targeted seven times in the game and allowed three catches for 31 yards he forced two completions, and one of those completions, he showed an amazing ability to uh, have, you know, a fantastic ability, a uh, great break back on the ball. Like, he just came back so fast, and I did not expect him to get, you know, get there to break up the ball. And he actually was PFF's highest graded graded defender in coverage uh, with a 75 grade. In the game? In the game, yep. And I just feel like, like you said before, uh, back then, all receivers, you know, you were coveted. You're Julio Jones. Uh, you know, your Calvin, you know, yep. Calvin Johnson, like six, four, six, five so guys. everyone was looking for, you know, your bigger cornerbacks. Right. And then the Legion of Boom, we even, you know, threw more gasoline on that fire. But then all of a sudden this, you know, lately you're right. They're finding these smaller shifty receivers that can get away from these stiffer, uh, you know, cornerbacks. And uh, basically, you know, people are going back to the smaller cornerbacks, the more athletic cornerbacks. But I felt like he showed the ability. This guy is not a safety. He is a cornerback. And because I feel like there's some um, uncertainty on, like, who the top five, the top ten corners in the draft are, this performance, I feel like, can propel him closer to maybe the fifth to seventh range, depending on, you know, combine or pro – actually, pro days because we're not doing – I don't think we're doing the combine. Yeah. So uh, I feel like this propelled them up that up that ranking um, because, like I said, it's not a strong year for cornerbacks. It's not deep. So I think he shows something there. Yeah, you got one or two at the top of the list. I, and then, I then yeah, after one – well, people have another guy, uh, uh, Horn, too. But, mm-hmm. like, so after the top three, though, it's like just roll the dice. You, you, need, you need to see more. And I th- he felt like he showed it. So I agree – a hundred percent, actually, and I almost want to have one where I disagree on you. So far, we've been pretty much in lockstep based on prospects you talked about. So, Melanfamu was my my cheat guy, just in case. So I know we said we choose five, but I had six that I was keeping an eye on, and this this was my guy as well. But Lou, I saw what you saw um, down to the you know the stiffness out of the breaks, but I saw a lot of fluid hips. I saw a lot of pass breakups, and what have I been saying pretty much this entire conversation that especially in these types of environments, defensive back is probably the most exposed that you can be throughout practices and whatnot. And I saw him compete. Did he get burnt and beat a few times? Yeah. Like every cornerback does. Um, but I liked, I liked his grit um, as big and as lanky as he is. Um, it, it, it almost didn't like look and feel that way, you know? And I thought that benefited him a lot. You know where I really think he's going to be, uh, you know, if if he goes to a team that has a you know smart defensive coordinator, what's really going to be you know his bread and butter would be him guarding the better tight ends in the league. I think so because uh, the better tight ends yep. usually just like the bully. You know, the smaller you know the too fast for the middle linebackers and too big for the safeties. I feel like if you can put him on like a Kelsey or whatever, you know, after I'm not saying he's going to be a shutdown Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. just saying. You know, you coach him up, and that's where he's gonna you're gonna really see his uh, his main value there. 
No, I, I love it. I thought he did well too. I was interested. You know, sex appeal is his brother's already been in the league, so there's some pedigree there. As he well. wasn't good though. <laughs> no, no, he was the workout warrior. He was, I yeah. mean, you hit that spot on. So I'll keep us in lockstep here with the the cornerback position. Um, there was a lot of corners that I was interested in watching, um, for sure. But one in particular, and the only reason why the, I, he got the nod over anybody else, um was where he played where he played ball um at University of Washington. Uh I mm-hmm. like you dub D backs. I do too. I don't know I why. Because they're never that great in, in the no. NFL, but like they, they put out great they tapes. They put out great tapes for sure, the college tapes. They sure do, man. Um I don't know. I don't know if just defensive players look better in that uniform. I don't even know what it is, but like he he got the nod essentially for that reason. Taylor? Yeah, Keith Taylor. Um you know, lot. Uh, hey, listen, another big, tall corner, right? I mean, he's got to be close to six three, almost two hundred pounds. He looks more the lanky part than I would say, you know, our, our previous individual here. But nonetheless, I thought he was um, impressive throughout practice. Um, again, that UW pedigree. I thought he. I'm looking for guys who who are not afraid to play man coverage. Right. Um, I'm not looking, especially at like the college level and competing against this talent because, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of NFL teams do play man, but I think all of them are trying to get cute with zone schemes and you cover your half of the field and you have your responsibility. There are very few Marcus Lattimore's that are that follow follow the player. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Very few of those individuals in the NFL. Is it, I, let me take a step back here. I am not boasting this individual to ever be that, but I'm looking. So you for- heard it first. Wesley yeah. Smith compares <laughs> Keith Taylor to Marcus Lattimore. Lock it up. We will edit that out of the comment <laughs> section. Um, no, but he he played well. I'm again looking for guys who are not afraid to, um, to 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 try to lock up and give their best effort. Now I'm gonna call it what it is. Um, he got burnt for yep for that uh, slant touchdown. Yep. From, footing from a Tennessee wide receiver. Yeah. I don't, you know, listen, you guys are athletes. Don't blame the footing, right? You've been playing on it all game. I, I, w- I would say there was a secondary touchdown that was in his area that was more of a schematic mistake versus a physical mistake um, that I don't necessarily think was his responsibility. But when you're in the corner in the area, you usually are the one who gets yeah. yelled at for um, being um, irresponsible. I don't even know if this guy gets drafted, Lou, to be honest wow. with you. Yeah. Um, I, that's wow. not a negative thing. That's not a negative thing. Um, somebody's going to take him because of, of his pedigree and because of his size. But just like pound for pound, I don't know. You know, if he is, it's a sixth round at best. And sixth and seventh round picks, dude, like it's really just your preference at that point. One could just as easily be the last pick in the draft or the first pick in the sixth round. It's just team preference. You're looking at me – like I'm crazy. I have to leave. I have to I, leave the room real quick. Hold on, I gotta I, calm down. I know. I want you to come back to me because I don't always want you to agree with me. You know what scares me the most about him, and you're gonna laugh at me. But he has zero interceptions in college. That means zero. That means he has got hands for feet, or you're not. I mean, excuse me, feet for hands. If anybody caught I was that, say. yeah, that sounded too good. But or you're not. In the right position, you're just wrapping and tackling. You're doing those things. And I think those things in the NFL will hurt him. Love what he put on tape. I, I am rooting for this kid to to excel for so many reasons. 
I just think there's too many of them out there just like him that there's a good chance he's an undrafted free agent. There's nothing wrong with that. Plenty of those guys make teams and plenty of these guys get paid. Okay, so uh, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. I'm listening. Okay. The reason why you're wrong, because like I said, there isn't cornerback is not that deep this year. If someone will overdraft him, yes. I do like his skills. Like I, I do think he's a good, he's a sticky cornerback. My see, my biggest concern with him is his uh, tackling. This guy Olays all the time. He, he will not get dirty in there. Uh, so that's my biggest. Uh, okay. That's my biggest concern with him. He reminds me of uh, a, was that Kilo um, Witherspoon? Yes, that is a comp I, I would have for him. Uh, we don't like that comparison, Lou, and I won't <laughs> allude any further. You're comparing a third-round pick to somebody who I'm saying is might not be Because I do think Jeff- he's okay. a third- or fourth-round pick. Okay. Yeah, no, I disagree. Yeah, you're you're wrong, and uh, I'll shot bet you on that. Okay, can't wait. Can't okay. take the receipts right now. I want to be wrong. Yeah. I literally hope that I am wrong. Um, all right, so you were in your your final prospect, and I oh, I got two more. I can bust out. Or you just want to go one? Let's go one and one, okay. and then uh, if I have time, maybe I'll get your Super Bowl prediction before we okay. head out of here today. Cool. Okay, so my next one was Michael Carter, running back out of UNC. Oh my god, is he is he one of yours? No, but I I let this is your time to shine. I'll, I'll let you go, but I really enjoyed his game. All right, here's the thing with Michael Carter. He's a part of a back this year. He's a part of a fantastic backfield with Javante Williams. Uh, and, uh, so, and he performed, he still, he still had over a thousand yards, average eight yards of rush and had nine touchdowns, which is, you know, pretty fantastic because Williams is even a better running back than him. He gives me a lot of Duke Johnson vibes. Okay. Uh, and I don't mean that as, as an insult. Duke Johnson's a serviceable running back. He has not gotten a fair shake, Duke Johnson. Yeah. So, and like, there's a lot of things that, you know, that attract, he's not been on numerous teams because a lot of things about Duke Johnson. Attracts you know uh, you know uh, uh, teams to him. I felt like he showed a you know fantastic burst on his twenty seven yard run, and also I was like, damn when I when I kept on watching, I'm like, this guy's slippery. I felt yep. like it was like trying to you know t- you know tackle like a you know I don't know like something that's really hard to tackle. Some, <laughs> something that's slippery. Yeah. <laughs> that's for the nighttime podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, inside. All kids, close your. Yeah. yeah. So okay, I was just like, wow, he's just so shifty and slippery, and like. I, I was I was really impressed. Um, he averages 4.5 yards after contact, which ranked him seventh in the in the Power Five conference rankings. So he's not gonna he's not gonna bowl you over, but he he's just so hard to bring down because almost like an you know Alvin Kamara type thing. You know, Whoa. Kamara doesn't run you over. He, he, you don't know how he just has fantastic can't. balance. Yeah. I'm not comparing him. I'm not comparing him to Kamara. You but. heard it here first, folks. Michael Carter <laughs> is better than Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Receipt taken. <laughs> uh, he's small in stature. He's 5'8", 199. Uh, I do think he's more of a change of pace back uh, that could have a spot start here and there. Almost like a like a you know like an Austin Eckler or Duke Johnson, like I said. But uh, PFF also graded him the third highest ranked offensive player with an eighty point three uh, grade. So uh, he scored two touchdowns, didn't he? Yeah, he had uh, eighty yards rushing. Uh, oh no, sorry, eighty eight carries, sixty yards rushing. 7.5 yards uh, per carry and a touchdown. Yeah, and he he, he has good hands. Uh, he caught the ball in practice too, numerous times in the flat. Don't know about his route running. That didn't look too crisp. But uh, like I said, he won't drop the ball. But he's just not gonna he's not gonna shake a defender for some reason when it comes to that regard. So, I I thought what was most impressive for him or where he did himself the most service was the way he did catch the ball out of the backfield again. All running backs route running needs improvement, and every team's going to have different concepts uh, of routes. You know the arrow, the arrow, a pivot, whatever you want to call it. But 
he that's what teams are looking for right now, right? Running backs are a dime a dozen. You know, my team proves that better than anybody. It doesn't matter where they come from, but where you where you earn your money and you um prove your worth is can you catch the ball out of the backfield in this day and age? It's a pass happy league. And um if you want to be on the on the field for three downs, that's the way you got to do it. So I love them. Um, admittedly, I did not watch a lot of North Carolina football um, this year. Or, oh, or they, had a years, good, they had a good offense in this year. years past. Um, they have a quarterback that will get drafted uh, early next Trubisky year. Trubisky ruined that for me. So <laughs> we move on. All right, I'm going to dive into my last guy. This is going to be short or sweet. This was one that I was really hoping had a little bit more promise than what was shown. I still think there's, you know, clearly an athletically gifted individual and is has tons of upside. I just thought the tape was pretty telling from the game. Um, in a game that I was hoping, based on his skill set, he would dominate because I saw other people. Do- I thought the defense and offensive lines dominated this game. It yes. sounds like a contradictory statement because one has to dominate the other. But I thought there were superstars that stood out on both sides of the ball, and I was hoping that this guy was going to be one of them, and he wasn't. And it was Shaka Tony from you know an edge rusher from Penn State. Yeah, I can sum it up in one day. He didn't show up on tape. I think he. I think I counted one pressure. What I was really hoping to see is because Parsons gets so much love and attention. And I would even argue that, you know, his his counterpart on the opposite side of the line at, at Penn State, and I know it was a weird season for everybody, but that individual gets a lot more love than than Shaka does. And I really wanted – like there's so much to love about him. He's so long and he's so – kind of what you were talking about earlier um, with uh, – with with uh, the kid no. from Miami, right? Um, yeah, yeah, Quincy Rocher. Yeah, just like a, a bunch of like, dude, he's got an eighty, almost eighty three inch wingspan. Like, if you can use your hands, if you can do things, and I just felt like in a game where there's talent there, but a the 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 bigger studs in this draft are not seniors. They don't get invited to the Super Bowl. Felt like this guy should have dominated, and he just didn't show up on tape. Um, the sack production numbers there weren't there for college. He's a he's a progress. Remember what he reminds me of, or who I want him to remind me of is Floyd when Floyd was at Georgia, mm-hmm. right? Like he just that longer, lankier, good speed, good athlete. You know, if he can get his tactics down, he'll be really good against the run. And there's going to be somebody who's going to be able to get cute with him um, to to send him on blitzes. But I was hoping to see if he could actually put his hand in the ground. And that's a lot of what they did, right? A lot of these teams ran 4-3 schemes. He did not have his hand in the ground. Or when he did, I mean, by the time he was up, the tackle had their hands on him and were pushing him around anyway. Um, So I'm ignoring everything that I saw in practice because I saw some decent things in practice. And I'm saying that he had enough reps out there that he just didn't put it on tape for me. I'm going to tell you something. I hate the term raw. When they're talking about someone's yeah. skills, you know what that means? He can't play yet. We don't know if we can play. Yeah, he's a freak athlete, and All we don't is, know if he knows football. Listen, this, in my opinion, yes, I only he's just a speed guy. He's just going to try to win with speed. Um, and I, I wouldn't, like I said, he's he was getting more love and say like earlier in the draft. I think later in the draft. I I think like fourth round, fifth round. Um, I don't really love him. Like I said, uh, nothing. You know, nothing really stood out on any anything from him, uh, to be honest. And that's all I had. You know, was listen. I'm not a I'm not a, a talent development person in the NFL. I'm pretty sure they can confidently 
get cute and get production out of this guy. I just didn't see what I was hoping to see. And the reason that I chose him to be one of the prospects that I was going to invest my time mm-hmm. um, and giving like a, a firm but fair evaluation. So, Lou, that's it for me. I know we're coming up hold on. Hold on. I oh. just want, I just want, I got to sneak this one guy oh. quick and quick Whoa. little, quick, quick little, because I've been pronounced, trying to pronounce, uh, I've been practicing pronounce his name. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you then. I'll let you say. Okay, real quick. O.C. Odigazua. Defensive tackle from UCLA. I said that beautifully. The reason why I'm bringing him up real quick is because defensive tackle is shallow this year. The years past, it has been pretty much, um, you know, robust, you know, robust, but this year, not so much. He was, he was, he was, uh, balling the first half. Uh, he had a sack, he had five pressures. Uh, his hands were so quick. Uh, he was a penetrating, uh, I would say he's more of like a, you know, a three technique and a three, four deep, uh, alignment, meaning like his, uh, he would be on the outside shoulder of the guard. Yep. So he's 6'2", 279. So he's an undersized defensive tackle. So I don't think he'll be a good three technique. Uh, I mean, a good uh, in a four three scheme. Uh, he did, he did so good in the first half, but then he he kind of like dis- in the second half. He disappeared in the second half, like that friend that disappears when the bill comes and he has goes to the bathroom and he's like, I'll come right back. And then when they come back, it's like, oh. Do you want me to Venmo you oh, the money? Oh, let me get my card out. Let me yeah. Get my card oh, out. yeah. I'll Venmo. You want me to Venmo the money? Then you feel like a dick because you're just like, yeah. Can you please Venmo the money? Yeah, yeah I don't know anybody like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, uh, he just disappeared in the second half. Um, but the first half, like I said, he played a lot. I just was wondering if it was, he was kind of gassed, uh, trying to hold up at the point of attack. But uh, Osi Odigazoa. Oh, well, we appreciate you taking the time to pronunciate that um, and doing it accurately nonetheless. I agree. I saw some positive things on tape. Maybe he just got a little burnt out in the second half thinking he put enough positive tape out there and was like, Coach, take me out. You're going to hurt me <laughs> too many reps. Um, but I think we're we're coming up on time here, my friend. So two, two quick uh, items. Obviously, it's always fun chatting with you. Um, we will be doing this more often, of course. Um, I think we should get after – what's going on in the the quarterback world right now, probably for our next conversation. I think yes. there's uh, plenty of content there we can, we can dive into. It's going to be a quarterback into. carousel. It's going to be a year that we've never seen this offseason. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't often like to talk quarterbacks, dude. I really don't. But when your team's taking swings and when your team almost feels like at the front of it, like I feel like I have to chime in on this conversation. See, I don't know what it's like to have a bad quarterback. Yeah. So. Just a bad team. No, you don't believe in your quarterback. And we'll get to that another day because I believe in them tremendously. But before we get out of here, Clearly a big game Sunday. Who you got? I don't. I don't care about the spread. I don't care about anything. Who you got? Chiefs. No one will be close. Wow. So, so I also agree. Chiefs. Tampa Bay. Tampa I, I think Bay. it'll be close just because it's God doesn't let Tom Brady get blown out, especially in a big game. They always have to be close. So, but I still think Chiefs. I think Mahomes is special. He's different. Um and they're I just he's the, their he's offense the, he, is too much to stop. He's the new he's the new goat. Yeah, he will be the new Brady. Yeah, he's got a long way to go to be goat. Yeah, he's got a coach to he's help got, him get there. He's got all of the skill set and the accolades at this point in his life to get there. Um, uh, but anything can happen. I just think Andy Reid's a genius, and they just yeah, don't, can't stop the offense. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking, um, Tampa Bay they blitz so much, and the Chiefs they eat up teams that blitz them yep. the ravens the the titans it won't be close they're going to burn them love it well lou again always uh that's lou i'm weston we're talking football podcast uh look forward to chatting with you guys soon take it easy